lot happening. Lot happening. But yet not a, yet not a lot happening at the same time. That's true. We were like, what are we gonna do for this episode? Yeah, no. and then things just popped up. Yeah, man. Like you watching Paddington for the first time. Yes, Paddington. I watched Paddington Bear. So two things I went. I, so let's first start this by saying. We're not punks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you ADM shifters are thinking. No. Uh, hey, hey, Paddington Bear is a story of an illegal South American immigrant who comes to this country. No, not this country. Excuse me. It's about illegal South. I, I had this all. I had this written in my head. In my head. It's about a, take a, two. Yeah, take two. It's about an illegal South American immigrant who gets welcomed into a family led by a Brexit conservative. Well put. <laughs> Trump would hate it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and through kindness and lots of uh, British self-deprecating humor, he's able to warm them up, especially since the kids and the mother are more liberal. And, <laughs> or hippies. And, and hippies, <laughs> right. And, the, uh, and this, this icy conservative father manages to tap into his uh, rebellious, rebellious dark side that he had hidden for many years. I like it, man. Yeah. It's the synopsis. N- Nicole Kidman is fantastic in it. Or co- oh, like wait, wait until you see Paddington too, man. It's got like a heavy like Wes Anderson like influence. And w- the the thing that's crazy is that uh Paul King, the uh director, one Paddington one and two are his only two films, and both are fantastic. And like it, it, it's crazy that like he came out of the gate with like Paddington, that first Paddington as his first film, and like has this like he has an amazing eye. Like you can, yeah. We, the color palette, color was amazing. palette is amazing. amazing. It's sh- like beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's just very well structured. Uh, compositions are beautiful, and that's yeah. actually compositionally, that's what really reminds me of like Wes Anderson. Like, yeah, absolutely. Sort of like absolutely. using the like, center of the frame a lot, stuff yeah. like that. There's even this scene. The scenes where um, there's like this uh, playhouse that's supposed to represent mm. the actual that was house a he lives huge in. And one. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, very yeah, big yeah. like Wes Anderson As element. It kind of like bounces through each room. Yep. It reminded me a lot of like Life Aquatic when it's going yeah. through the ship and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but then you know, just on top of that, it's like very well written, man. Yeah. Funny. The <laughs> Paddington's funny. It has you know, there's there's substance there, right? There's like. There's a lesson to be learned for, like, say, the kids that are watching it, but it's also entertaining for the adults that are taking the kids. To yeah, see. and on top of that, it's probably a lesson for some adults to learn. Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's interesting too. Is that Trump? Um, <laughs> hey, 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 watch what you say, because if we get jobs at the White House, oh boy, where things we're, don't <laughs> and, and things don't work out, we're getting prepared here. Right, right, no, we know exactly how we're gonna get. We're how we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why we got to get rid of our Twitter handles. Yeah, if no, he can't, no. can't tweet us, he can't fire us, man. Yeah, um so no yeah, I think one thing that's really smart about Paddington too is um they so the thing with British humor is that it tends to be very self-deprecating. Right. And if you look at it Oh, I know. I watch Peep Show. <laughs> <laughs> if you and if you watch Paddington a certain way, they're kind of almost like making fun of like British culture and British um I guess you would, it's kind of like this um like they kind of poke fun at like not just the historical elements of British British colonialism and right. and the kind of exploratory culture that they had in the early uh, 20th century, but they also poke fun at um kind of how naive they are sometimes. It's kind of like this naiveness that like allows them to have like a talking bear come inside of the family, <laughs> right? You know, so 
I thought it was destroy a, their home and destroy their <laughs> home, right? And yet still yet forgive him multiple times, right. you know. And uh, I said I love one one of the things that I love about the the movie is that this could have gone like one of two ways. Like one, it could have been like, oh my god, there's a talking bear, and then like yeah. this is this whole big thing. And that's not what the movie does. Right, it's right. just kind of like, hey, look at that bear in the corner. You know, exactly. Like, it's almost like he's like not even a bear. Right. You know, what I'm and right. I, I like how they handled that. Yeah, like, like that's not. The point of the film, right? Right, right. The point is that like this foreigner is coming in and this, like finding a this illegal uh, migrant. This illegal migrant who brings his food habits <laughs> with him, and he brings in illegal marmalade. In illegal marmalade in his hat. You hear that TSA? <laughs> Start checking hats. D- DHS, <laughs> Custom, uh, Customs Border Control. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I would highly recommend it. Now what you have to do is go out and find Paddington, too. Like, they, they pulled they pulled it from a lot of theaters. Not necessarily, not pulled it, but, like, it's run in theaters was pretty short. Yeah. Uh, I know it's playing at the Cobble Hill Cinema up the block from uh, where I live. Hey, shifters. Hey, shifters. Looking for a good mo- good date night? <laughs> uh, get out of Cobble Hill. No. Um, Cobble Hill Theater, I can vouch for it. I've been going there since I was a kid. It's amazing. Uh, and they still have Paddington 2. I can't say they're going to have it passed this week, but um, I would say go check it out, man. It's really good. Hugh Grant's great in it. There was, like, Oscar buzz already. Like, oh, he should be nominated next year. Right, right. Um, and it works on similar levels, but it's it's, a, it's its own thing, right? It's not like one of these things that, like, kind of comes in rehashes old jokes or anything like that. Right, right. It, uh, you know, besides, like, Marmalade Sandwich. <laughs> it's like, which is like, yeah, that's his thing. Um... It's really, really good, man. I would, I would check it out. I highly recommend. And it's a little bit of a tearjerker. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. It's funny because... Um, Not for me because I'm a robot, but, you know. <laughs> it's funny because um, prior to this, we were talking about Paddington versus Ted. Ooh. <laughs> so Ted, which is also a beacon of uh, the conservative right. <laughs> um, which it does star Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. And it... it it the the mess the funny thing about Ted is that it it deals with all the Bostonian racial tropes that you can possibly think of. Right. If if you thought of it, uh, it's in Ted. It's in it. Yeah. It's in Ted. And you know, I admit the first Ted I found fairly funny. First Ted's pretty funny. You know, I, se- I enjoyed the first. The second one might be one of the most racist movies you've ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen. I've probably seen some pretty racist movies. Right. <laughs> and the the messed up thing is that movies are kind of an escape. Right. In some ways, like movies sort of become what you would rather deal with than what you have to deal with in real life. Right. So, I think the sad part about Ted too is that it's not even. Um, it tries to be self-aware at moments, but then right. it just falls back on these, uh, on these, on these tropes. So where, these tropes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like Paddington Bear, it's like they're kind of self-aware of like the naiveness of oh yeah that exists in British British society and culture. I you know? uh, I mean to be you know. Um, like full disclosure, I haven't seen Ted Two, so I we've spoken about. Yeah, this, so, yeah. Uh, I have no opinion of Ted Two, but it's kind of like what you're oh, saying yeah. is what I've read about. Yeah, Ted Two. yeah. Uh, and Tom Brady's in it, so fuck Ted Two. <laughs> you mean Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. <laughs> go back and watch episode six. <laughs> go back and go back and listen Super to Bowl the Super episode. Bowl episode. There you go. There you um, go. 
Yeah, so Ted won. I I, I enjoyed Ted won. Uh, Ted won. <laughs> I enjoyed Paddington Bear won. Paddington, I'm like a robot. I enjoyed Ted won. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the, the first Ted film. Uh, sort of like um, not not that it's a film without flaw because it definitely is a film with flaws. But <laughs> there's like things that like like I love like Flash Gordon coming in stuff like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, party scenes. Yeah, funny. party scenes ridiculous. <laughs> But um, I, ca- I I was like the first guy like when I saw Ted two coming I was kind of like, eh, like oh yeah do we yeah. need a Ted two yeah <laughs> you know? and you know there's possibilities they might do a Ted three of course they will yeah Mark Wahlberg <laughs> uh, Seth MacFarlane you know uh yeah he has that show on Fox which I haven't seen have you seen any the Orville have you ever seen it I think mm. it got like no, I heard it for a second season. So I heard like it. I heard it. It looked kind of interesting. I've seen some bits and pieces of it. So when I first saw it, right, I was like, all right, this is a kind of cool idea, like a comedy, like a spoof of, of the Star Trek stuff. So one of my favorite, like, comedies, like sort of, you know, satires of like, you know, TV shows, what have you, is um, Galaxy Quest, right? So I was like, oh, maybe this will be like sort of like a TV version of Galaxy Quest. Just I heard it's very much not that. Yeah, no, it's actually... There's actually some, like, I think, like, actual... Because I only watched, like, half of one episode. I think it was during Thanksgiving or something like that. And it just happened to be on. And they actually, I think, try to include, like, some actually thought... Like, thoughtful And that's what I heard. I heard that they try... Like, some of it gets, like, tries to get a little deep. But one of the early reviews I was reading was, like, they don't think it's necessarily successful at it. So... Yeah. And you know what? You know, the one thing I'll say about Seth MacFarlane is that, um... I really do think... This part of him that wants to like evolve or branch out, of yeah. This sort because of like he, I'm pretty sure someone that's been doing this for this long kind of knows what the what the glass ceiling is for that type of humor. And he's kind of now like he's kind of become a, like a victim to his own success right, in a lot yeah, of ways. Because yeah. um, I know in the past he's admitted that even Family Guy should probably be 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 over, but yeah. people keep watching it. And Fox yeah. is like, nope. You know, and now and now a guy that once made humor poking fun at the Fox constituency <laughs> is now a product of it and now right. he can no longer escape from it. Right. You know, and his only recourse is to create a show which is essentially a ripoff of the Black Mirror episode <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh do what he can and do what he can to try and rectify it within right. that show. It's funny. See so now that sounds like an even better TV series. Like here I am, this this tortured comedian or to com- comedic yeah, no, writer, watch that. trying to <laughs> trying to make trying to atone for all my problematic past, and then I can't do it because of uh, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> oh, Rupee. Oh, um, I. Uh, You're the reason he's in office. <laughs> it's all your fault, Rupee. Um, yeah, no, I was very so. I always thought he would do sort of go like since you know he loves like. He, he writes music for Family Guy and does these, like, big musical numbers. I figured, like, a musical would, like, be his thing. He would sort of, like, look at, uh, like, what the South Park guys have done and be like, you know, I'm going to follow in those footsteps and, like, write this crazy, funny, zany musical. But I, I don't think he's really done that. He hasn't yeah. done, like, anything yeah. Broadway-related. But I don't know. I, I feel like it's weird. Like, comedy writers tend to go hand-in-hand hand with, like, musicals man like they all oh, like abso- family yeah. guy simpsons simpsons not as much as those but simpsons has right. done it family guy for sure uh south park has done it a ton yeah so it, it's just weird how like those two kind of get mashed together right 
So we were excited also to hear that the Chris Christie biopic is <laughs> supposedly in the works. Uh, what's that one called again, Jordan? Oh, it's like that Sopranos prequel. Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be little Chris Christie eating uh, salami sandwiches. <laughs> Satriales. Um, before before he became governor. <laughs> uh, he was associated with a different type of family. There you go. <laughs> so, in, in all, like, what do you think about the Sopranos movie? Do you think... It's either going to be bad or just okay. I don't... You don't think it can be good? No, I as weird as it sounds, I think um, I think I'd mentioned this to you before that like one the overarching political climate may influence it right in some ways in a way that doesn't even feel um organic, and then B, you know I love David Chase's work as far as The Sopranos is concerned. Right, I don't even know if he's ever had a I don't know if his movies have ever been like received the same way. And then, see, it's like, I mean, have have you ever seen, I think, a TV show like that become, like, a prequel movie? And at years, like, 12 years after, like, the uh, 11 or 12 years after it had ended, and it'd be actually, like, any good? I remember I sent you that link to that SNL skit. Right. It was, um, if anyone gets a chance, look up the SNL skit for um, The Sopranos, like, teenage years. Like, they were basically making fun of the fact that the CW for um, had tried to do... Um, Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw's Teenage Years as a, as a, right, as a right, Sex right, in the City right. prequel <laughs> only lasted like one season so they're so they're lampooning the fact that they're lampooning the idea that you know The Sopranos should get one too right and then sure enough like four or five years after the skit comes out this actually is a possible reality and I just don't think this is a good idea <laughs> <laughs> so I agree like David Chase has not had the most successful like movie career not that he's done that many but um, maybe something based on some, you know, on a show that was extremely successful of his might, you know, might work. But so the fact that he's involved gives me a little bit of hope. But I, I agree, it's a little, you know, it's a little iffy. Uh, some could even argue Borwalk Empire in some ways is like the prequel to The Sopranos. In, that's true. In but some ways, it like if you look has at nobody from The Sopranos. Yeah, there, but if you think about once again the overarching like elements of what created right. organized crime in this country. Right. Boardwalk Empire gives you a very stark look at prohibition, right. right? And that kind of like, and it takes place in Atlantic City, right. right? So, if you think about it, right, in some ways, it kind of connects to it in that in that in that in that way, right. in some capacity, because it's about Jersey, it's about organized crime, and like the prelude to what created like the five families right. in in New York, which then gives way to the the crime families of like you know New Jersey, right? You know, and all those places. yeah. The thing is, is that. This will kind of, I guess, will kind of be that in between because, uh, from what I heard, it's going to take place in the sixties. And that, and that, and just getting back to my the point I was going to make before was that that's another thing that maybe gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah. Because if this was say based in the late seventies, eighties, and we had someone else like playing Tony, I ain't gonna watch it. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else is playing Tony. Then it'd be like the, the Sopranos, the teenage exactly, years, right? The like, only other Tony Soprano that I'm accepting is the little kid that's gonna play him in this movie, <laughs> and that's different. But it's supposed to be his dad and probably like a young Uncle June and stuff like that, right? So, uh, I kind of don't hate that, you know, that angle. But but like I, I said, agree, I, there's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of room for error. So, 
I, I'm just going to kind of hold out hope. You know what? I, I want to see that first trailer, that first teaser. Yeah. And then make a slightly more informed decision. It's not going to be, you know, it'll be a while before that comes, but. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too is that what can you possibly inject into this that you haven't seen in any other like classic mob flick? You yeah, know? I mean, it's almost all been done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Like racist, homophobic, misogynistic Italian guys from North Jersey. That's like North Jersey now. I see, the, <laughs> I see the wheels in your head turning, and and you're you're changing your own mind. You were like, I might be down with this. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it in your face. I know, I know, right? <laughs> um, no, it's true. Like it's all kind of been done before, and it, it, I I tend to think that a lot of the the more successful mob films tend to be based on true stories. Let's say. Uh, oh yeah, I mean you and I were both fellas, right, casino right. stuff like that. Right, I mean you and I were both hooked onto the uh, the docu series uh, um, inside inside the inside American, the American mob. mob. Oh boy, that you was know. a good one. See, you know what needs to be done? That Pittsburgh story. It was Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? Philly, sorry, I said, I said that Philly story needs to be done, man. Like we haven't really seen that in a movie. Yeah. You talking about um, what is it? Uh, it was. Nikki Scarfo. Nikki Scarfo, man. Woo. Woo. You want to talk about like the, the, the you want to talk about the bridge between the Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire? Yo, Philadelphia Mob was definitely that would be a great bridge. Man. I, th- I think I actually got like chills watching watching it and after hearing some of the descriptions. Crazy man, you know. And and it's back on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, definitely watch Inside, Inside the American, American Mob. Mob. And I, J- Rudy Giuliani is not as crazy. <laughs> in this, as he is in the New York Post, you know, you actually, which we've said, he's this, coherent. We've said this in an earlier episode, <laughs> but it's like you, you actually see him when he was kind of doing something good for us, right, right? Right. But it's like um, that the the Philly episode, uh, it's it's like the second or third episode in the series, yeah, and it's just like out of this world like when you see like what was going on like they were trying to kind of break off and create their own thing they would they they kind of had to adhere to the five families but they wanted to like have their own you know unencumbered like you know family out there i don't know and it was this crazy story and nicky scarfo man that dude yeah was no joke <laughs> yeah he died i think like two years ago or something like yeah, that and they say um he was in that you know that that like Aurora, Colorado prison that they put like right, only, yeah, yeah. only like the worst like the criminal, max, yeah, the max, yeah, the max criminal. Yeah, like yeah. he was, he died in there, which was crazy. Yeah, that. But I mean, when you hear the stories, it's like he yeah. belonged. He be- <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's oh, where yeah. he belonged. Yeah. That that like so. As much as I may be looking forward to this uh, possibly terrible Gotti biopic that's coming out soon, <laughs> um, if they did a biopic or bio series on Nikki Scarfo, I might have to watch. But it, it, and I feel like that's it's like. I mean, I feel like that's a so like we've seen a lot of like the New York stuff, right? We've seen AC stuff. We've seen definitely some Vegas like mob films, right? We haven't really gotten a Philly mob, and if we have, like you know, pardon me, like I'm not remembering it. So maybe we have gotten something that I'm just not remembering. But if I'm talking about the best, (laughs) the Godfathers, you know. Casino, uh, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, Donnie Brasco, even yeah. Sopranos, if you com- inc- including shows, yeah. Walk Empire, none of them really do Philly, right? That's a story. We yeah, do. it's an, it's something that hasn't been done before, and it'd be really cool to see. Them yeah, before. and if you know the history of South Philly too, is that like it's funny because Philadelphia in a lot of ways is a microcosm for every other major city, right? You know, um, South Philly, Geno's, 
pets. You know, we we talked about this on the uh, the Paul Provolone episode. <laughs> you know, um, it's one of the last beacons of the white working class in Philadelphia. Uh, it's very it's very working class, very blue collar. Um, they're very all American. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know if you watch these, there's video footage in this series of of Nikki Scarfo just walking around um, parts of South Philly that like are not white working class. Oh know? no, and <laughs> he's like walking around comfortably with people talking to him. Right, and you know, to be like a white guy, you know, in that section of Philly, being able to walk wherever he wants. This says a lot. And in, like, yeah. the 70s, 80s, and knows that, like, this guy was made, you know, right. and, he, like, <laughs> he cut, like, to, to, to use the mob terminology, he cut his bones. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, I guess that brings us to uh, another piece of media that you've been, uh, uh, you, you finally had the opportunity to to ingest should be the first episode of uh, oh the Punisher. Oh, boy. Another, <laughs> another show about an honorable white man that believes in his Second Amendment rights. <laughs> first of all, I'll say this. I really enjoyed that first episode of Punisher. <laughs> and, and it's not without, again, not not without flaw. There's, you know... I, what I, flaws? What flaws? <laughs> Jordan's like, you hold your tongue. <laughs> um, I, you know, there's only so many times I can see him have a flashback of his family that was yeah. killed, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh man, it hooked me, man. It got it sucked me right in. At first off, there was one scene that as I was watching it, I was like almost in tears because I was like, I knew Jordan must have got up and like did a little salute. When there's a, there's a I did that like like fifteen times. I'm sure, yeah. Like but especially in this scene when <laughs> there's um all these soldiers with like PTSD are speaking to each other in like uh, sort of like a therapy session, and this one guy is just like, you know what the problem is? It's the liberal agenda, and they're trying to take away our Second Amendment rights. And I was just like, Jordan must have been like, I love this man. And funny thing too is that the the character that does that it's played by the guy who plays Jay Landsman from The Wire. Uh, so if you remember, if you remember, if you, yeah. So anyone that's watched the MCU Netflix series. Netflix shows knows that like you always see cast members from The Wire, so and it's funny too because the actual movies have people that were in The Wire in it, right? Like, right, right. You know, but like the the TV shows also have yeah, it's just popping up, they just pop up all over the place. Um, so that guy was um like I think Sergeant Jay Landsman in The Wire, right? He's the guy behind the desk who's always like giving McNulty shit, and to see him in this role is actually pretty funny too. <laughs> like to go from like a basically like a like a non-committed. Baltimore cop to uh, an alt-right like gun-toting lunatic is right. pretty funny. Oh, did I ruin that for anyone? Well, guess what? That means you should definitely fucking watch The Punisher. <laughs> right. I guess the last bit of news is um, today is the 14th of March. And it's uh, Pi Day, so you'll probably be listening to this on like <laughs> March 17th. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but... Um, <laughs> Stephen Hawking passed away, away. Yeah, which is, uh, first off, rip Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. is one of the greatest minds of our times, right? Yeah. Uh, and what, oddly enough, I think today is Albert Einstein's birthday, which is even crazier, right? Yeah, and it's also, yeah. it's Pi Day, 314. Right, it's day, like, yeah. the, you know, one of the most, right. for for geeks out there, 314 is a very monumental day. Right. So, crazy that that all kind of fell, uh, yeah, happened, right. uh, you know, in at once, but... Uh, apparently he put out this warning to humanity 
uh, before his passing, and he's basically describing Wally. Describing Wally, bits of Terminator, yeah, <laughs> bits of twenty twelve. It's right. like crazy, right? Man. And it, and uh, the base said twenty twelve. Wow, <laughs> it just goes like natural disaster. Right, right, is. right. But um. <laughs> Basically, pick any role in Emmerich movie. Yeah, boom. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you okay, John just bonked his head. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. At yeah, no, that was a laughing, great time. So. But uh, <laughs> the basic basic target. <laughs> what he said was, if humanity doesn't leave Earth in two hundred years, we're kind of screwed. Which. You know, normally, right, you have all these, like, you know, like, religious fanatics that are like, right, right, but, like, when Stephen Hawking says something like that, I'm like, take note, people. This this is one of the greatest minds of our time. Right. Um, I mean, I'm also curious as to how, because he doesn't really provide any, like, step-by-step solutions, (laughs) which, granted, like. But how could he? How could, exactly, how how could he, right? Um, But. At the same time, the other obviously the other way to look at it too is um, leaving Earth may not seem, at least right now, may not seem realistic. Right. Um, I'd be curious to know if we can save Earth. I can't believe we're having this conversation. I know it's bonkers. It's bonkers, <laughs> but one, like I said, one of the greatest thinking minds in world history leaves this as like his final, right, like his right. final note. You're like, man, maybe this guy's got a point. But you know what the crazy thing is? It's like, and that this isn't the downplay what he's saying but it's like everything he said has been either said in media or has been said by other like oh yeah great civilizations in the past 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 you know what i mean like don't you know don't burn down don't don't cut down trees all the time <laughs> right you right. know <laughs> stop polluting earth stop, stop polluting yeah. earth you know no like obviously what he said is not like something that hasn't been said before but the fact that like he chooses like sort of his dying you know not 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 necessarily his dying wish but like you know sort of his last sort of gift to us let's say is that like guys stop messing up 200 years you got about 200 years maybe he's off 50 years but you don't want him to be off 50 years the wrong way you know what right, I'm saying? right 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 so uh it's just crazy the, the, the one that kind of stood out was like i think there was something about like asteroids in there which i was like what do you know steven <laughs> <laughs> what did you see man <laughs> i know at least he wasn't like well Alien civilizations may come <laughs> yeah, come right. through a black hole. Then people would have been like, "Man, he was really out there." Yeah, he's, right, he's yeah. dying. Right. Um, but you know, uh, it's. I just think the fact that he says that you know before his passing is it means you know <laughs> we all know it, but it, you know it, the fact that he was like, "Let me beat this dead horse a little more before I, yeah. I, I, I leave this earth," is like means something. Yeah, you know, you know asteroids. <laughs> Armageddon. Oh, well, I mean, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like everything you said, it's like media was telling you this 30, 40 years ago, right? And then this guy was just like, actually, like, like I said, like an academic is saying, like, actually, <laughs> there's some evidence of this, right? I think this guy was watching Black Mirror what, before, like, in the last week or so, was just like, <laughs> right? And I mean, the whole point of AI is that, like, this is how young people meet each other now. <laughs> He's like, didn't you see my movie and how I met my wife? <laughs> um, you know, the whole point of AI is that like it gets smarter on its own, right? Like it can, it grows on its own, just like a human mind. So like, what makes you think you can control it? 
I'm saying, right? <laughs> iRobot was about that. <laughs> Ugh, I hate that movie. Dude. <laughs> um, it's one of Will Smith's better, better roles. I hate it, man. I'm not, <laughs> I can't, I can't get that one. iRobot. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, all I can hear is like, you know, Trump probably saw, the, heard these last words, and was like, "Fake news." <laughs> what Stephen Hawking actually said was more fracking. But anyway, you know, um, rip to you, Stephen Hawking. I'll, yeah. I'll pour out some coffee for you. Yeah. Um, the 8 a.m. shift says much respect. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. We went from being like a uh, blue-collar meathead to a uh, highly intellectual, <laughs> <laughs> highly intellectual conversationalist in in 30 minutes there you go man yeah that's how we roll on the 8 a.m shift yeah uh i think that's it i think that's it it's in yeah. the bag yeah shifters find Shift. us on uh instagram uh, facebook facebook uh that's at uh 8 a.m shift, shift right? yep. you can find, find us on itunes our oh, apple podcast yeah stitcher google, google play all the places all the places all the things all the we're things. there we're creeping into your homes. <laughs> like, Amazon, like Amazon Prime. <laughs> like Amazon Prime. Just give us the keys, guys. We'll yeah. be there. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll, we'll subscribe on all your phones. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.